like some of the most successful people that you'll ever know and see in your life and lots of celebrities and, and people that you would look up to and people that I look up to, they are very successful. So I always ask them, what's the key to your success? And every single one of them says one of two things. Number one, it's I do things that I don't feel like doing. And number two, I do them consistently even when I'm scared. Welcome back to another episode of Whiskey and Water. I'm your co-host, Jess. And I am your co-host, Liv. And we have an amazing episode for you guys today. We really do. Today we have on Jen Gottlieb, who is just an amazing, inspirational powerhouse of a woman. She has been featured in Forbes, Business Insider, Entrepreneur, all of these incredible credentials, and she is the co-founder and chief mindset officer of Super Connector Media, which is an incredible PR agency. Yeah, she. we t- have a really great conversation about PR, and it was honestly so helpful for me and Jess because we've completely realized after this discussion that we need to step up our PR game. For sure. So you guys aren't the only ones getting value out of, out of this. You know, another another interview, another thing for us to, <laughs> to start honing in on. Yeah, I feel like every episode we're like, oh, okay, this isn't what we're how we're slacking. Yeah, but honestly, Jen is just a well of, incredible advice and information she definitely just has a great head on her shoulders and we talk a lot about like failing and you know losses and you know handling rejection and perseverance and it's honestly just a really inspiring story yeah and we talk about personal development and its place and success and she's really like transparent about her journey and you know the things that she struggled with and how she's overcome them just to give you guys a little a little more of the credentials since that is what she's so good at Forbes, Business Insider, Shape, Women's Health, Well and Good, CBS, Good Morning America, PBS, and Goop. So yeah, awesome, awesome discussion. But before we get into it with Jen, we're going to, of course, do our little catch up, do our little segments. What do We actually have some fun stories to share with you guys today. <laughs> so let's set the scene. <laughs> Liv and I, and Tyler, her fiance, and our friend Jay, go... We're in Miami. We're going to like this event that we've gone to. This was like a week ago. We went two years prior. We went two years prior and we were like, eh, we're kind of debating whether or not we should go, but whatever. It's like, we're like, you know, a scene type of event. It's, I don't, can we say what it is? I don't care. Yeah, yeah. It's SLS, like best foods of SLS. They oh, have a we're, night. We're about to roast the fuck oh, out of Oh yeah, them. true. Where they like serve some of the restaurant's food and as appetizers and hors d'oeuvres. It's like a very Miami showy thing, whatever. Yes. Already so, was debating, like she said, if we even wanted to show up, but we figured, you know, yeah. why not? Let's eat some free food. And and it was fucking packed. And we did have VIP because we were gifted the bands um, by the event in exchange for like some stories, whatever. So we're already like, it's slammed as fuck. We like- not, ha- not having a great time. Not having a fantastic time. I'm hot as shit. I accidentally wore like a long sleeve dress. I'm like sweating my ass off. Regardless, we finally find this little corner inside with a couch right next to the fan. We start finally having a great time. It was not crowded at all. The couch was super comfy. We had this powerful, big ass fan blowing on us. And we all sat down. We're like, all right. Yeah, yes, now, this like, is it. We finally started enjoying our time, having a great time. We were dancing, like having, you know, doing our thing. And uh, we're actually getting ready to, like, leave. Like, we were pretty much, like, you know, had our fun, done with the night. 
And this, we see this guy kind of bring over this table. And you could tell he's like a man, you know, not he's just in like, like a suit, not a server, like possibly a manager. And he comes over. And as we're sitting down, I, you guys, I have, you know, I've worked in nightlife. I get it. I'm not some dumb bimbo. I jokingly say, oh, for us, like, you because shouldn't. he's bringing the table. Right. Over. And I'm like, you shouldn't have knowing damn well the table wasn't for us. Right. And like, ah, oh God, just the the way this man spoke to us, the way he spoke down to us, I just, I can't even read. She wasn't having it. I can't reenact it if I tried. So, you know, shout out SLS for being shitty and ha- well, being a hospitality group. Okay, but and- this is what he said. Though. So, okay, so he puts down the table. Yeah, you gotta tell the people. Yeah, yeah, so he puts down the table and I go, for us, all he shouldn't have. And he's basically like, ha, 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 no. We're about to sell this table, so you guys need to go. And then, like, fakely goes, but thank you so much for coming. And we, just being a fucking prick, like for literally no a reason. prick. Mean, mind you, we are technically VIP guests, and I'm we like, we had every right to be sitting there. Like, there was other couches. It's not like we were sitting in a section that was like waiting to be sold. It's just like they happened to like be like, okay, well, we're just gonna make this a section and sell it. It's the way he had zero respect. And you know, I'm not saying like, oh, we're VIP guests. We should have been treated like any. I, I mean, mean we're, we're humans. We're patrons, and you are a hospitality group. I would expect some level of kindness at the very least. So he so he says that. And there's four of us there. It's not yeah. like it's like just a little, you know, like we're all there enjoying it, like whatever. <laughs> so, so he says that and then walks away. So I didn't even get a chance to be like, um, that was rude. Excuse you. So me and just look at each other and we're like, oh my God, like that was so incredibly rude. Yeah. But me and Tyler, we get up, we're, you know, we're like, all right, well, that, that's not even, annoying. I don't yeah, think you guys we, had stood up. We yet. hadn't even stood up at this point because we're just like, damn, that was kind of rude. Like, and then I think we were like waiting to see like how soon they were like, you know, going to try and kick us out. And I had a very impulsive thought run through my brain. Actually, an it, intrusive wasn't, thought. it wasn't even a thought. It was quite literally just an action. An autopilot. <laughs> I w- leaned forward and said, fuck your table. I ver- like literally said, fuck your table. And I flipped the table. And in my defense, <laughs> I thought it was pl- it was dark, so I couldn't really see what it looked like. I thought it was plastic. She thought, thought it was like one of those light little plastic cheap tables. plastic tables. I was going to be like, ho, 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 fuck your table. I see it I- I thought topple it- over. Okay. But I thought it was just going to turn like 90 degrees, like just tip over, right? No. But no. <laughs> I see this table start to topple over in like slow motion and I'm like oh, it wasn't slow motion because it ended up being heavy as fuck but once I started I was like well I've already committed I, yeah I, I couldn't need have to not just done it. like continue the the action this was of like a flipping the table metal and like tempered glass table I think it was like rock the top was like rock it felt like it was something like heavy, heavy concrete as fuck rock that made a lot of fucking noise anyways it it tipped over like 180 so it went to the, on the side like doop and then it went doop and literally made the biggest like, noise like I've ever heard everyone that was inside turned and the looked at the whole VIP room stops and like their heads just snap and look at us and we're and like and I'm going oh <laughs> Olivia Olivia why why you guys it was it was bad it she was had a bad. very whiskey moment I had a very I'm hanging out with Jess too much I my Scorpio tail came out I don't know what came over oh me oh my god and this guy comes back over and he he's goes, like you're, you're done. done you're done you're done <laughs> 
Yeah. I, and yeah, I, I, we, me and Tyler are both looking at each other like, whose fucking girl is this, man? Because <laughs> the security comes over with their fucking flashlights. They're like, get out, get out, get out. Get out. Yeah. I'm like, oh. I'm like, you know what? You guys God. are right. A hundred percent. We're getting the fuck out. And I end up t- kind of telling to him. I mean, he wasn't like having any of it, understandably so. But I was, I, I went straight to being honest. I was like, you spoke down to us and that triggered me. <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, I, in my defense, I did not mean to flip it all the way over, but you should like never treat guests like that. You know, not saying that it make rights my wrongs, but anyways, we end up leaving and we were just like, I cannot believe that just happened. Me like I Tyler literally just flipped our fucking table all the way home, all the way home. It was quite hilarious. And very, the thing that makes it funny is that it was so out of character for me. hundred percent. But like, sometimes you just got to flip a table. But you know what? I would like everyone to take this time to address the fact that if I had done this, I would have been disowned. And you know what? I hate that for me, but it is what it is. Listen, I guess I have some pent up shit. I don't know, but it's hilarious. And yeah, so now like when things happen, we're just like, fuck your table. Yeah. And honestly, I have zero regrets. That really showed him. (laughs) But as soon as it happened, I was like, I can't wait to share this on the podcast. The, the brothers are going to get goes, a, She goes, I did it for the podcast. I did it for the podcast. I was like, the brothers are going to get a good laugh out of this. So, Dude. yeah. And and some of you might have, have even seen our stories from that night and thought that she was over-exaggerating. But Because, of course, I posted it right after. And I was like, I would just like everyone to know <laughs> that Olivia just flipped a fucking table. And she's like, I am no longer the aggressive one in our friendship. Don't want to hear it. I but don't want to hear it. This is a whiskey and whiskey show. It's hilarious. No regrets, honestly. It felt great. <laughs> Fuck your table. So funny. Fuck that guy, too. Yeah. Actually, I think <laughs> we wanted to, like, write SLS. I think we still should. Yeah. I mean, whatever. At this point, it's water under the bridge. I think it's hilarious. Whiskey, they're going to the follow. They're going to follow up and be like, aren't you the girl the who bitch flipped who the table? Yeah. They're like, actually, you owe us um, yeah. $300. Oh, my God. The table they broke. it didn't break. It was so loud was that so you would have thought guys. that it snapped it it was so loud um but yeah it is so what it is. that that is my, my high and low of the week yes truly because <laughs> she was feeling a little bit guilty afterwards I, you know of course it was like so out of character for me so like the shame and the guilt had like just set in and I was like I can't believe I did that <laughs> and I, I I apologized to them in the car on the way home and they both were like girl you're good like <laughs> and Jess was like no that is what you were called to do in that moment and I'm like yes thank you it was thank you for enabling me I'm the, I'm the toxic friend <laughs> and I'm like no you should have flipped it harder <laughs> yeah but it was nice because then I seriously was able to like have grace with myself after that so I was like okay good yeah but hilarious. Anyways, yes. what's your high and low of the week or funny story to I have, share? I have with this the funny story that I forgot to share actually. And it was this I had this old friend reach out to me from high school and he's like, Hey, I have a funny story for you um that, that has to do with you, but um, you know, like whatever. I'm like, okay, what the fuck could this be? Like this, this is a this is a friend, but I haven't spoken to them in you know, years. We don't really keep in constant contact. I also haven't heard this story yet because she was saving it for the podcast for ketchup. So yes. Okay. I'm actually just pulled up the DM. 
He goes, hey, random, but I have a crazy story and a big thank you for you once you see this. And I'm like, okay. I'm thinking this is like a scam or something. And I'm like, hey, what's up? He's like, I'll try to keep it short. But basically, I was chatting with someone from one of the apps. Things were progressing. We uh, exchanged socials, et cetera. It's a hookup app. And so a photo or two was exchanged. That's where shit hit the fan. And I'm out here thinking... Oh my God. Like, are they using your photos? I thought that they were like using my photo. Like, you know, it had something to do with me, like specifically. And I'm like, well, what does he have a, you know, big thank you? So I'm like looking through all of these screenshots he sends, right? Mm -hmm. And essentially what had happened was he, you know, thought he was talking to someone on an app, got catfished, and he had sent, you know, this person you know, lewd photos of himself. Okay. And which I thought was crazy that he even shared that with me. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's kind of embarrassing. But yeah, like you, whatever. Like, you, you trust me you. enough to tell me this, whatever. And I actually got permission to share this story on the podcast, just FYI. And so he, I'm looking through these screenshots and essentially this person had threatened him and said, if you don't wire us, uh, I think it was $5,000. Um, if you don't wire us $5,000, I'm sending this photo to everyone in your workplace, including your parents and everyone on your Facebook friends list. And this person had screenshots of everything because they had his information. Like they had found him on Facebook. They sent him screenshots of his own mother's profile, his own father's profile, uh, everyone on his friends list and said, I'm sending this to everyone unless you wire me $5,000 by the end of the day. Oh my god. So I'm like looking at How this. How long had they been talking before he sent nudes? I don't know. I didn't ask the details. Oh my god. But so he's like sending me the screenshots and so this guy and it's like, you know, someone foreign. He goes, "I'm going to start posting uh your photos all over the pages in the city, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. It goes viral soon and indicates a live cam or reaches out to your workplace. So if you don't want to do this, comply now or I start posting immediately." Which in reality, it probably doesn't do any of those things. Well, you know, I... Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? And the guy, the person is getting so mad because he's being like, dude, I'm trying to figure this out, blah, blah, blah. This person is being like, I'm sending it. I'm sending it to everyone. I have all your friends. Like, okay. this person's like, um, I swear on my father's grave, I'm going to send it. And then my friend Ryan starts being like, you know what? Nah fuck it send it send it and he goes you know what i instantly thought of you he said remember that time that you accidentally posted a nude on your snapchat story he goes it always stuck with me how well you handled it and just owned it like fuck it whatever i'm beautiful thoroughly impressed so instead of panicking and doing something dumb i basically took the same approach and it fizzled out so anyway thank you for setting an example on body positivity and owning shit saved me big time because if you guys don't already know this story like years and years and years ago in college I meant to send a nude to my boyfriend at the time and I accidentally posted it on my story and it wasn't live for a long time, but you know, that was kind of when Snapchat was bigger and I had a large following. So it did get into a few people's hands and yeah. Essentially, Why did I not know this? I feel like you probably, I've definitely said it on the podcast before. What? I don't think you have. Yeah, yeah I definitely have. Cause it's something I'm open about. Like Dude, this, this guy remembers it because I was this just is like. the first time I've heard this. I swear to God. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. Isn't that crazy? He owes you a cut of what he saved. <laughs> no, but like, and he was like, I just can't believe that like that, that stuck had with me. an impact on him. Wow. And he was like, yeah, thanks for 
fucking owning that shit. Wow. I love that. Isn't That's that crazy? like so much bigger though. You I know. know. Because like he had to make the decision to be like, yeah, okay, if that does happen, worst case scenario, I'm going to own it and be like, yeah, have fun with my nude. And like, in a way you can like make it funny you know you could laugh about it and be, mm-hmm. and be like no so what happened was is I was talking to this girl I sent her nudes and now they're in your hands oh well like yeah literally and, and, and it's funny because you can do that with like so many situations yeah. that you think are like the end of the fucking exactly. world but it's like not it all just depends how you handle it I've literally posted a nude on my snapchat story I'm invincible like what? <laughs> like yeah, have fun. Yeah, bye, bitch. Yeah, you're lucky. And it's funny because he started sending me like all the screenshots of him and this guy's correspondence, and he so goes, he, "So the guy didn't end up doing anything, right? Or did he send it?" So to his- he goes, "Whatever." I was, I said my friend's name, and I was like, "Dude, what the fuck? This is the craziest story I've heard in a long time. You just made my day. I'm so glad you didn't like end up paying him. Like, thank you so much for like filling me out on this story." Yeah. He goes, "Anytime. I always come around a year or so and tell you something ridiculous. But the best part, <laughs> after a long back and forth." I befriended him. No. And I'm like, nah, you got to show no, me. No, you're lying. Sends me the screenshots. and like They're the, like besties now. The first screenshots are him going, I don't give a fuck, LMAO. It's a dick. Get over yourself, loser. The next screenshot, he's like, send it, pussy. I don't care. Like, he's, he's telling him to send up. it. And um, the guy, like, the guy was like, oh, I, you know, I have your mom and dad's profiles. My friend goes, my dad's dead and my brother won't care. Send it. Like, oh, I don't care. Oh, my God. And I'm shook. And then they like the guy, the other guy ends up opening up to him about like why he's doing it. And oh, this is such a plot twist. Dude, I cannot. And my friend is like a really cool guy. So he wanted to be like, yo, bro, you don't got to be doing exactly. this. Exactly. That was pretty much like the situation. And now they're homies. They're wow. literally, literally homies. Like. The friend want to remember their, you. Yeah, he goes. I want to remember you. I pinned your chat. Like blah blah blah. Like keep this conversation for you to revisit whenever you feel like doing this again. That is hilarious. No, insane, insane. The fact that they became homies after is like what's getting me right now. <laughs> they became homies after. I can't. I can't. Craziest wow. story, dude. I'm so glad you shared that because that is a really crazy story. Crazy. Wow. Okay. That's crazy. Um, Moving on, let's do our deep dive and then we'll get into the interview. So what is your deep dive collaboration? What did I say? Deep dive collaboration for this week. Yes. So um, (laughs) I got a collab with this clothing company that actually Olivia had told me to reach out to because our friend Nikki told her to reach out to them. So that's how we both got the collab. Yes. Um, And he ended up, he's paying me for five content photos, just five content pieces for him to use and um, and a story set. So I think I'm getting like 650 total and it's super easy, you know, really chill client. He ended up, he's, he's actually already paid me. I haven't even given him anything. So honestly, pretty ideal client. So yeah. thanks for that, brother. Yeah. And I'll deep dive into the same partnership. I'm doing that as well. And it was referred to me by a friend who I've had referred just. And I feel like so many questions are like, well, how do you get deals? And it's crazy because a lot of these partnerships come from just like our network. So yeah. this is a great example of that. So 
Wait, what did you say the rate? Yeah. What was it? Six fifty. Okay, so yeah, my deliverables were one in feed post, one YouTube placement, which is exciting for me whenever I get YouTube stuff, and then one blog, which is interesting um, because I do have my blog still up. I haven't even posted anything on it in like two years, wow. but it's nice that people still seek interest in that. I guess for like SEO reasons. Yeah. So I'm glad that it's at least there. Um, so those are the deliverables, and the rate is nine hundred. And I also have already been paid before even posting anything. So we love that. We love this for us we really do and and the clients has, has been so great and yeah he's been super great. communicative just one dude i think it's like the founder so very responsive to everything it's so. nice when you're like kind of just talking to the founder because yeah, there's less he in has between. so much less in between and he has the power to like literally send pay money. you whenever like yeah he was like hey surprise sent it sent the payment a day early surprise. yeah i was like he's merry christmas to me motherfucker. he's really sweet and we're actually trying to get him as a mood client now i we pitched to him for like a lifestyle video so we'll see if that comes through yeah exciting stuff yes so let's get into this amazing conversation and we'll see you on the other side all right guys we are live with jen with her beautiful new york city green screened non-green screened (laughs) background but it looks incredible how are you today I'm so good. As you can see, it's like the most gorgeous day in New York City ever. The lighting in there is like bouncing off of you. You are glowing. I mean, like we're let's just get into this. You look like you're living your best like sex in the city life right now. That's what that's the vibes I'm getting. God totally knew that we were doing this today and decided to make it look perfectly glowy for you. So it's going to look gorgeous on your Instagram feed. So good. Love it. So for our audience who isn't already familiar with you, give them a little bit of a rundown and some background on who you are and what you do. Yeah. So I'm Jen. I'm from New York City, and I'm the co-founder and chief mindset officer of Superconnector Media, which is a PR agency. Well, we have two sides of our company. We're a PR agency where we represent some of the biggest personal brands, companies, tech startups in the world. And then the other side of our company, we have programs and courses and all kinds of fun stuff where we teach entrepreneurs that maybe are just getting started or entrepreneurs that have a service, a story, or a product that they want to get under the world. We teach them how to get it out there. So we teach people how to get in the media. And then we also at a higher level do it for them. Amazing. And what is your background in? Like kind of what led you to, you know, launching this agency? Mm. So I moved to New York City when I was 20 years old to be an actress. I dropped out of college. I was a musical theater major in college at the University of Hartford. And I discovered really, really quickly that college just wasn't for me. I was like, screw this. I need to move to New York. I need to do what I was born to do. So I quit. I dropped out and moved to New York City. And I went to a conservatory here in New York called the American Musical Dramatic Academy. And I studied musical theater. And I was, that's what I was going to do. I I knew from the day that I like could talk and think that I needed to be a performer and I needed to be on stage. And I had done it my whole life growing up, realized I I wanted to go to school for it. I wanted to do it right. Went to college, didn't work out, (laughs) moved off to New York city and started my life here. And, um, I ended up um, right before school was over here in New York, booking the Broadway national tour of the wedding singer, which was my dream role. Like talk about like meaning I went to see the show and I saw the role being played by this actress named Felicia Finley. I was literally like in the back of the theater with my friend. We couldn't afford to get good seats. We're like in the nosebleed section and I'm watching this show and watching this woman play this role. It's the role of Linda who in the show, it's a lead part in the movie. She's got a small part and she plays the bitch that leads Robbie Hart at the altar. If you have, you guys seen the movie? Yes. Uh Yes. Okay. 
So in the show, she's got this hilarious mega role where she's like this ditzy wannabe rocker chick. And I'm just crying and laughing and I had this visceral reaction to this role. And I turned to my friend and I'm like, I'm going to play that part one day. And he looks at me and he's like, okay. At this point in time, I was literally living in a room that was like four feet by four feet in a, tw- like a, a twin bug bed situation. Oh I had no gosh. money. I was in school. Like there was no way for me to be on Broadway. I was sitting in the back looking, watching. Uh, and, but I, I told him that I was going to do it and, and I really meant it. And I, I mean, I, I tell this story a lot. It's kind of a long story. We can back up into it if you guys want me to go there, but through a lot of no's and a lot of manifesting and a lot of visualizing and a lot of acting and a lot of doing and a lot of scary action steps and a lot of rejection, I ended up booking the part, getting the role and playing it, um, wearing Felicia Finley's costume, literally the exact same one and seeing the exact visual that I had always, always imagined that I saw. And when that happened for me at that moment in time, I was like, oh my gosh, like nothing's impossible can create anything that you want. Like that, that couldn't have been further away from reality when I decided that I was going to do it. And that was the kickstart of me actually realizing that I could create what I wanted to create as long as I put myself out there, took scary action, believed in myself a little bit more than I didn't. So not necessarily a hundred percent, but at least a little bit more than I didn't and just kept going even when I got told no. So that was like the basis of everything that I did after that, knowing that I could that I could do the things that I thought that I wanted to do. And then after that, I ended up booking um, a role on a show on VH1 called That Metal Show, where I was this heavy metal chick for 14 seasons on, on this show. And, um, and it was a great gig. It, it paid really well. It was fun. But it couldn't have been more out of alignment from who I really was. So I was playing this version of myself that wasn't me. It, it yeah, like, I'm like, I can't even picture you yeah. like that. <laughs> no. Okay. So I did not like heavy metal music. I knew for, for 14 about. seasons, nonetheless. Yes. No, knew nothing about it. So I was, I was essentially a fraud. I really was because you're like, I yeah, goth. I totally a hundred percent. I dressed the part. I had this big, if you Google it, like big platinum blonde hair. And I cut up these rocker t-shirts and I, I Googled all these rock stars before they would come into the studio when everybody of course knew who they were. I didn't even know who they were. I would have to Google them and research them and pretend I was into it. And you know, sometimes we have to do that for jobs right. and I was at the time. So I was excited to have this job and I just was like, I'm an actress playing a role. But the problem was I wasn't a character. I was me. Like I was Jen. I was Jennifer uh, on this show. So what ended up happening is I just became completely out of alignment with who I truly was. And the version of myself that I was showing to the world was this like super sexy, angry rocker chick when I wasn't that. And I, I found out really quickly that when you're out of alignment in your job and what you're doing, you usually become out of alignment in your life. Mm-hmm. And so during that time in my life, I was really lost and I didn't know who I really was. And I was in a toxic relationship. I was uh, partying a lot. I was, I became severely addicted to Adderall and drinking and going out. And um, I had this rich boyfriend who was like this hedge fund trader who I knew was cheating on me the whole time. But I was like, this is this world that I'm in and I couldn't leave. And I was just really in a bad place, really bad. And one of my favorite quotes is uh, sometimes shit has to happen for the shift to happen. And shit happened because I couldn't get myself out of the situation. So the universe came in and got me out of the situation. And usually when that happens, it hurts a little bit. So uh, within like a week, 
I found out that my show was canceled. Um, I came home and found out that my boyfriend was cheating on me and he kicked me out of our multi-million dollar apartment that we were living in. And I basically had a few days to start my life over, find somewhere to live with really no money, no connections, no boyfriend, nothing. And I found myself going from this multi-million dollar apartment and this big sparkly life as this heavy metal girl with this hedge fund boyfriend to living in a tiny little room in an apartment with six other actors. And I had this tiny window that faced a brick wall. And I remember every day during that time, I, I wasn't really into personal development that much. I mean, like I knew about the law of attraction because what I did with the wedding singer, but I was, I was really lost. And so the only thing that I had was this journal. And I just kept writing over and over again. One day I'll know why this happened. One day I will know. One day I will know what's happened. And that's what got me through that time. Yeah. One day I'll know. Just trusting that one day it would be for a reason. Yeah. And that got me through, that got me to each action step. And each action step was something that got me closer to where I am today. And it started off as me wanting to start my own fitness business. And so I decided I wanted to become a personal trainer. So I started dipping my toe into becoming an entrepreneur and I became really successful really quickly, but not because I knew anything about marketing or business or anything. It was because I knew how to leverage the media and I knew how to transition my brand or change the story of what was being told about me from heavy metal girl to now fitness person right. by using mainstream media. And I developed a business, like a really successful business really quickly. And I went from living in that little apartment to slowly getting my own place in New York and things were going great. And well, they were going good. They weren't going great because there was still something very much missing. I, I knew deep down that I still needed to perform that I was missing that piece, that that performance piece was in me and I really wanted to do it and it wasn't there. And then I also knew that I wanted to fall in love. And so I remember I was single. I was single for like years, years. And single in New York City, you guys, not a good look. It's, it, yeah. it sucks. Dating in New York City sucks. So I was like, you know what? I manifested the wedding singer. I used law of attraction. Why am I not doing that anymore? Why did I stop doing that? Because sometimes we do things that work and then all of a sudden right. we stop for some reason. We self-sabotage. And I was like, I'm going to manifest this life that I want. And I started really diving back into personal development and really figuring out what it was that I really wanted and how I could like call in this dude that I really wanted to fall in love with. And I knew that I wanted to, you know, be, have a bigger business. And I had this feeling that I wanted to be like a power couple and build a business with a partner. I knew that. And through uh, a hell of a lot of talking to fake guys from my vision board and, and knowing who he was and visualizing and seeing him and writing him letters. I met Chris Winfield, who is now my business partner. And um, he was doing stuff with PR and we got together and he was hosting these events. And I came in and I was like, let me help you host these events. So I then was on stage performing again. I was like, wait a minute, this is, this is all the dots connecting. Hang on. This is a way for me to be on stage for me to help people. And I felt so fulfilled. And so I always tell people, follow your bliss. When something feels good, go right into that direction. So I dropped my company. Chris is like, what would it take for you to become my partner in business? And let's build this out and actually make it a thing. And we did. And we built super connector media and it became a multi seven figure business within a year. And now, uh, now it's thriving and that's in short, sorry guys, I was a little long <laughs> to where we are now. Don't be sorry. This is literally what we're here for. And that is so much to soak up. I have so many thoughts and notes on the past 10 minutes of your whole story, but like, just to wrap it up. Wow. So inspiring. And like, it's just such a testament to like the fact that success is not linear at all 
in the slightest, you know, and I love what you mentioned just about trusting the universe and and trusting yourself and like, okay, so to be clear, you did the Broadway, then you did VH1 and then all that, all the shit hit the fan pretty much, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's crazy because you so would think much. that, you know, you land the big Broadway right. show and that's, that's it. You know, it's only right. up from here or exactly. then you, you land the VH1 show and, oh, well, it's only up from here. And then the universe is like, actually, no, we actually have more challenges in store for you. But I feel like that's always the case. Like no matter what, I think you it's, know, I think it's because the universe knew that you had more growing to do and knew that you that's could do better. Cool. You know what I mean? They were like, no, there's, there's more for you here. And we're actually just going to challenge you just a little bit more. So, because you had, you needed more room to grow. Oh my gosh. And I guarantee you, I'm going to have more of those going forward. You know, one could hope that's of course, that's, that's the thing that's guaranteed. As long as you are growing, you're going to have failures. You're going to have, you know, shit's going to hit the fan. You're going to hear no, you're going to have moments where you're like, man, this really sucks. But you're the, the thing is my favorite quote of all time. It's actually hanging up in our, in our apartment is the Steve Jobs quote. You can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. Wow. And you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. Because wow. when I was looking out that window and I was like, I know that this is for a reason, but I have no idea why. Like I'm sitting here telling you guys this story and we're inspiring other women out there and other people out there with this story. And so now when I look backwards, of course, that's what was supposed to happen. Right. So when we're in it, we can't necessarily know how the dots are going to connect. But when we look backwards, it always makes sense. And there's always a lesson and nothing's ever wasted. So anything, if you're, you know, you're listening right now and you're struggling with something, I promise you a year from now, a few days from now, a few hours from now, five years from now, you're going to look back and you're going to say, wow, that was the best thing that ever happened to me because without that, I wouldn't be here. And it's all for growth. Mm -hmm. So I look forward to more of those moments. They're going to suck. But if we can embrace the suck, we can embrace it and learn to trust and know that it is for us. And then on the other side, we're going to be stronger. We're going to be better. We're going to be smarter, wiser, and we're going to have more opportunity because of it. Then we free ourselves from all of the fear and pain. Well, not necessarily all of it. There's going to, it's going to be there, but it makes it a lot easier to handle when we can just trust and surrender that it is always for the greater good of our life and for others. Yeah. It makes the burden a little lighter when you have that faith just in the universe. And I, I've actually never, never heard that quote and I'm obsessed. Yeah. It's so good because that is something we're constantly telling each other, ourselves, our audience is just like, you have to trust the process and know that everything happens for a reason. Like literally every time we run into a situation that we're like, that did not go as planned or this sucks. We're like, everything happens for a reason. And that's our go-to because it's like, you just don't know until you look back. So I love that so, so much. I'm just going to like keep that in my heart and with me. There's there's like every sub your story, I wrote a note that I would love to like get into. So I don't want to backtrack too much, but there's just so right. much good stuff here. Um, first, I want to say like when you were like, I'm going to I'm going to play that role on Broadway. And I, I feel like my question is, did is that confidence? Is that something you naturally just have? Is that something you worked on? Like for someone who would be like, oh, I want to get that role, but I know I'll never get there. So I'm not even going to try. What would yeah. be your advice for them considering you literally, you did it, you made it happen, you know? So here's the thing. There was doubt. I was not a hundred percent certain. And I do not believe that any human being on this planet is a hundred percent certain of anything. I think that that's a lie. And I think that anyone that comes out and says, 
social media or whatever that you have to believe 100% and you have to do 100% and you have to push and hustle 100% that you're ne- it's impossible you're only going to set yourself up for failure because we're humans sure. and we're always going to have a little bit of doubt yeah. if you're stretching yourself enough to take action then that means that there's going to be doubt and fear if there's no doubt and fear you're not stretching enough mm-hmm. so i did not believe 100% maybe it sounded like that in the story but i believed a little bit more than i didn't So what I ask people to believe is just 51%. It only takes 51% of belief to go and to move and to take action and to get to maybe 52%. And then you continue to take action and maybe you get to 53 and then maybe you'll escalate to 87. And then maybe you'll go back down to 51. But as long as you stay at 51, you're good. So at that moment, I was like looking at her and on, I just felt, you guys ever had a feeling where you're just like, this is what I have to do. Like the universe comes down just that maybe it was when you started this podcast. I don't know. Like I have to do this. And, but then there's fear. Fear comes, oh, you can't do it because of this, 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 and this, right? Talk shit to you, talk shit to you, telling you that you shouldn't do it for whatever reason, right? To keep you, to keep you small. But then you push a little bit further. You're like, no, but I feel it, but I have to, I'm scared, but I have to, but I'm scared. And you go through this thing and that's the normal trajectory of someone that is successful. Yeah, yeah, it's normal. So I want everyone to just exhale if they're feeling like, but I didn't believe like Jen did. I didn't believe that much. I just believed <laughs> a little. Much. And the more that I visualized myself playing the part, the more that I dug deep into believing like, like, so here's the thing with the subconscious mind. It doesn't know the difference between a real memory and a fake one. So we can actually train our subconscious to believe something that we made up is true. And if we can do that by usually using, I use visualization. So every night before I went to bed, I would visualize myself playing the part. I would, I would feel the costume on my body. I would like, it was like a way I helped myself fall asleep. I'd sing the song. I acted out. I would see the audience and feel the lights on my face. And, and before I knew it, I had really believed that this had happened to me. Like it really did. It really happened. I was already her. I was Linda. And so anytime I practiced her songs for school, I would be like really in it. Like I was playing the role on Broadway or even when I would talk to my friends about it, like, oh yeah, that's what I'm doing. The belief increased as I visualized and put myself into that position of playing that part. And so what that did was every single time an action step came in my way, because let's be real, manifestation does not work if you just visualize you have to take action on what right. you want. Yep. But the visualizing and the tricking of your subconscious and, and the, you know, getting into that place of it feeling like it's already yours, it makes the action steps a lot less scary when they arrive. Because you're like, oh, I already did that. Let's go. Yeah. So like the audition, I was like, let's go. I'm not even nervous. This is already my thing. I've done this 85,000 times in my brain. You know? <laughs> yeah. so, and so while it was my first audition ever in New York City, I should have been really scared. And I, it just felt normal. And when they wow. told me no the first time and I was the first runner up instead of getting the part, I wasn't devastated. I was like, oh, just not now. I'm still going to get it. It's just not now. Right. And yeah. every step along the way, that's how I felt because of the work that I did in my mindset. Wow. That's so powerful. And it just speaks volumes about visualization and, and how powerful of a tool it is if you use it correctly and pair it with action. That is so good. Yeah. And I think that that's the epitome of like someone wanting something so badly that like 
the universe is just going to align for you to make that happen. Like if someone wants something that badly that they're that how they put themselves to sleep is visualizing it happening, then there's no doubt. Yeah. It, it, it's like law of attraction. It's exactly. a law. It will come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Guys. So here's a, here's a key too. I didn't think about it. Like I wanted it because like attracts like and vibration attracts the same vibration. So right. if you're thinking about something like you desperately want it, what kind of energy is that putting off into the world? It's actually a pushing energy, right? right. Pushing it away. Anyone that, that's desperate, you're like, oh, get away from me, right? The universe feels the same way. You don't want it. You already have it. You have it. You have it already. It's not something that you want. Mm-hmm. I had tricked myself to believe that it was already mine. And mm-hmm. that's the key. That's, that's the difference. Yeah. And so many people always say like, you have to operate like if you want self-love, if you want, you know, abundance, abundance, you have to operate under the, you know, impression that you already have everything that you need. That you already need. Yeah. Because then like you, it's only, it can only come from within. You know what I mean? The universe will of course align to help you put these things in your path, but it can only come from within. So I I love that. So good. I'm I'm curious to know how you feel like your experience in theater and in that world kind of you know, lent, lended you a helping hand in your entrepreneurial journey, mm-hmm. you know? I love that question. I, I've done hundreds of interviews. I don't think anyone has ever asked me that question. I'm glad. I love it. <laughs> um, so it, ha- it actually, this, um, this is a perfect question to ask because it just came into play uh, recently. It helps me every single day, but really how it, how it helps me is when I was doing that show, I was on the road and I did 10 shows a week, 10 with no breaks. So we would be on a bus, living on a bus, getting off the bus, getting to the hotel, putting our stuff down, getting to the theater, doing a show, getting to the hotel, going to sleep, getting back on the bus the next day and going to the next theater and doing two shows that day. And then getting back on the bus and doing it over again every single day. My legs, I was doing jump splits every day, you know, like pounding, pounding, (laughs) pounding. They killed, my leg killed. I was exhausted. I didn't sleep. I didn't miss one show. Now, when I'm now doing events and like I'm not sleeping a lot, I'm having anxiety or like I'm traveling a lot to do speaking engagements, there's a part of me that thinks, Jenny, you can't do this. This is too much. You cannot do this. This is too hard. This is too much. Like you need to sleep. You need, and yes, I'm big on self-care. But what I'm reminded all of the time is that when I did that show, I did, I did 10 shows a week and my body was killing me and I was not sleeping, but no matter what, when the curtain went up, I immediately had all the energy that I needed because I was able to connect with the audience. And I knew in my heart that those people were seeing the show for the very first time. And so I had to show up for them. I had no other choice. And we're we're full of so much more than we even know. So sometimes we talk ourselves out of doing things before we do them because we just don't feel like we're capable physically of doing it, right? Or like, it's too much, it's too much. I'm gonna take things off my calendar because that just feels like too much. But then once we do all the things that we think are too much, like if I would have said that about the show, I would have never done it, but I just went and I just did it because I had to. And when you look backwards, it's like, oh, I'm capable of way more than I think. Yeah. Stop taking things off the calendar, Jen. You can do it. Mm-hmm. You can do it. You can get through it. You've done it before. So it really taught me about my tenacity and my uh, my capability to do more than I think in my mind that I'm capable of doing. 
Yeah. And, and talk about a work ethic, you know, showing up, making it happen, obviously knowing your boundaries and knowing what's like toxic or unhealthy for you. But like having that grit, you know, I definitely I feel like that is so helpful in entrepreneurship. And one of my favorite quotes is that like a mind stretched to like new horizons will never like snap back to its original, you know, Mm. bounds. So it's like, yes, like you push yourself so much and like anything that you do past that point, you know that you are capable because of how much you've already accomplished. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, me too. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the story about the the rocks the the rock show and how you kind of molded into that character at that point in your life it made me think of this point of like how we tend to identify a lot with our work and get our own personal worth wrapped up into our work and our business and uh, our success yeah. i would love to get your take on that cuz i know that's something we struggle with too is like you know we have a we run a creative digital agency and it's like if we get any negative feedback we're like don't take it personally you know don't take it personally it's not personal but then how are we supposed to enjoy the positive feedback we take we're happy to take that personally mm-hmm. so yeah i would love to get your your insight on that Well, the first thing I guess I'll just touch on really quick because it's top of mind is this idea of work-life balance where we have to be like two separate people, one person in our life and one person in our business, and we have to separate the two. In entrepreneurship, what I've realized is that just doesn't work. I I don't have work-life balance and I'm completely (laughs) proud of it. I have work-life integration. So I love my work so much that it is my life. And I love my life so much that it is my work. And they come together and they're always together. And if we stop fighting this idea of needing to have work-life balance and we just embrace the fact that it is just our life, it is our life, especially now it's our life. And we just let go of this idea that it needs to be two separate things. It frees us. So that has freed me a lot from, from that. But the reason that I was so out of alignment at that time was because my work was not something that really what I wanted to be my life, that gave me life. It was, I wasn't in a blissful place. I was showing up every single day, kind of lying to myself Mm -hmm. and lying to the world essentially. And you know, that, that, that weighs on you. I was having an internal battle with myself. Like who am I anymore? Am I, and always needing to look like this girl that I thought everybody wanted me to look like and Mm -hmm. show up is this girl that everyone wanted me to show up like and know the things that this girl that I was playing was supposed to know. And it's exhausting. So tiring. I was like literally Hannah Montana. (laughs) Yeah. I was in a constant battle with myself all the time of who the hell is, is really me. And then when the show ended, you guys, I was wearing this mask for so long, this mask that protected me essentially, because at the end of the day, I really was just scared of people knowing who I really was and people just showing up as, or just showing up as me because I felt like I needed to be this very filtered, very made up, very super sexy and angry, whatever version of me for people to like me. How long were were the 14 seasons? How long did that, you know, play over? It was, it was a short amount of time. We filmed a lot of seasons. Yeah. So it was probably four to five years or so. Um, That's a long time. time. (laughs) She goes, that's a short amount of time. I'm thinking like, oh, maybe a a year year or two. No. Wow. Yeah. Just so I can get a better understanding of like, you know, this period of your life. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the the show, it was fun. Like there was this battle going on. So Mm -hmm. um, when it, when it was over, I had to do so much work to be able to just post a photo of me that was not metal chick. Wow. So much. I was, I was 
petrified. I'm an actress and I've spoken on stages like thousands of times in my life, probably as a character. And the first time I remember I had to speak on stage as myself was a two minute talk. Literally, it was two minutes. I had to get on stage and like introduce myself and talk about something for two minutes at this event. I was so, I had never been that nervous in my life and I'd performed in stadiums wow. in front of thousands of people. I had never been that nervous to get in front of these other entrepreneurs and say my name and talk for two minutes. It was crazy because I was so used to wearing this mask. And I think many of us are, many of us are like, oh, I need to have the filter and I need to like, you know, be this perfect version that I'm looking at all over the place. I need to look like her or like him or, you know, so I can put up this front that everything is perfect. But what I realized is once I started coming out as like, I call her like real Jen, like really who I am, I started actually attracting people into my life that I really liked because mm. I wasn't, they weren't attracted to a fake version of me. They were attracted to a real me. So that's when I started really building my network. That's when I was able to attract Chris into my life. My best friend, Angela, who runs our agency. That's when I was able to really like my life skyrocketed when I took down the mask and I started showing up as my authentic self, imperfect, a little messy, but a human being because people don't like looking at perfect. They just don't. It's, it's not relatable. Yeah. And so my advice to anyone that's watching is if you are an entrepreneur or you're building a business or a platform, the more that you can just be exactly who you are, the more you're going to differentiate yourself from the rest because there's only one you. And the more that you are going to attract your dream clients and customers to you because they are the ones, they're going to be attracted to the real you. And anybody that's not, they're not your dream clients or customers. They're going to move on and that's what you want. Mm, I love that. And and I think so just good. to kind of bring it back to something you were saying earlier, which is like when you're putting on a mask and like that's what you are, you know, showing the world, you are, are vibrating at a frequency that also attracts people with masks and people who aren't living their full authentic selves. And when you start showing up as yourself, your full authentic self you are vibrating at a much higher frequency that is only attracting people that can also show up as their full authentic selves. Facts. Amen, sister. Love it. Facts. No printer. Yeah, that's a, just such a testament to anyone who feels like, you know, I feel like a lot of pe times people put on a mask because they feel like to be completely themselves puts them in a vulnerable spot. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's just a testament to show that like there is only good is going to come out of just showing up 100% you. And if that means opening up and saying, hey, I don't know as much as, you know, as it seems like I may know, or, you know, I just think there's there's a lot of power in in being honest and open and transparent, even when it comes to like situations that you're not completely familiar with. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, this is actually my first time doing something like this. And, you know, that's showing up as you and trying not, yeah. you know, not trying to fake it like you already have it figured out and you've done this a yeah. hundred times before. Like that's not you, you know, mm -hmm. and anyone who you actually want in your life is going to appreciate that honesty and that vulnerability. And you showing up as authentically you and sometimes that's not as someone who knows it all and is completely you know confident in everything they're doing but yeah I think there's power in that yep thousand percent you said it perfectly I love it thanks um there's there's a part of, towards the end of your story where you you know you talked more about it wasn't until you refocused on your personal development and that's when things started to align again for you like how it did back in the chapter of your life when you were manifesting the Broadway role and 
you know, I think it's hard for some people to to wrap success and entrepreneurship and business in with, I mean, I don't know. It, it depends who you talk to. You know, I feel like there's there's two different types of entrepreneurs out there, but I want to get your take and what you think about the value of personal development and its place in entrepreneur, not, not even entrepreneurship, success, you yeah. know, because outside of entrepreneurship, it, it could be corporate, it could be whatever your job is, whatever your title is, just success in general and how personal development will play its role in someone's success in their life. Okay. So I talked to a lot. This is the, this is a great conversation. I talked to a lot of really successful people. I'm very blessed where I get to be in circles where there are people that have sold their companies for billions of dollars like some of the most successful people that you'll ever know and see in your life and lots of celebrities and, and people that you would look up to and people that I right. look up to and like, how am I freaking talking to you right now? <laughs> yeah. Like no clue, but they are very successful. So I always ask them, what's the key to your success? And every single one of them says one of two things. Number one, it's, I do things that I don't feel like doing. And number two, I do them consistently, even when I'm scared. So consistently showing up and doing things that you don't feel like doing and doing them with fear. Like every, everybody has fear. It doesn't matter what level you're at. You could be the most successful person in the world. And I've spoken to rock stars, famous boxers and fighters, the people that you would think are the most courageous people. They all say, I'm scared every freaking day. And if I'm not scared and I'm not feeling the fear, then it means that I am not doing my job. Because as human beings, fear is a really natural thing that comes in when we're stretching. And right. in order to grow, in order to become more successful, we need to stretch. So fear is going to come into play. So where personal development comes in is you need to have tools to be able to feel the fear and do it anyway. And mm -hmm. if you're not doing personal development and you're not exploring who you are, you're not exploring what you're capable of, and you're not giving yourself the tools and the skills to be able to put yourself in uncomfortable positions and be able to thrive in the face of fear and in the face of discomfort, then you're never going to grow. You're just not because you're not going to do it because fear is going to stop you every time. And the key to success is feeling the fear and doing it anyway, being uncomfortable and doing it consistently. So I don't believe that you can be successful if you are not working on your personal growth and your ability to handle discomfort. I just don't think it's possible. I don't know anyone who's done it. A hundred percent. And I think that a lot of people feel fear and they're like, okay, red flag, need to stay away from it, run. run the other way. But I feel like what is really a differentiating factor for, you know, successful entrepreneurs or successful people in the workplace is that they feel the fear and run towards it. And they're like, perfect. This is an indication that there is room to grow and you need to feel the fear and do it anyways. Like that's something that we say all the time. So do it scared. I love that you said that. Yeah. yeah. Do, it, do it scared. That's huge. That's the key. I love it. So good. I kind of want to. Okay. So I feel like we really took a deep dive into like personal development and there's so much strong knowledge in there. Like I love everything. The past 30 minutes has just been so good. Just been soaking it all up. I want to touch base a little bit on what you do best, which, well, you do, I'm sure you do so many things best, but what you are doing now, which is your PR agency. And that's something that's really interesting to us to, to top off or to start the conversation. would love to know, in your opinion, really the, the difference between 
marketing and PR? Because I feel like so many people kind of mix that into one and it might be one. I mean, we we are on the creative side, but we were just dealing with a client yesterday that we had to explain like we're, we're not a marketing agency, we're a creative agency. So just a little different. I'm curious to get your take on that and maybe even the importance of PR and its place like kind of in the world today. Yeah. Well, PR uh, is... We always say that when we work with our clients, we're, we're an arm of your marketing team. So it is a piece of your marketing toolbox, Plan, or toolkit, right. right? Like it's a tool in your toolkit. Right. Um, PR, you should have it because like the number one thing as an entrepreneur, that the number one, I would say most important thing that you need to have, number one most important asset is authority and credibility. Mm. You need to have authority and credibility. If you have that credibility, that trust, uh, when somebody Googles you and they can see, oh, she's she's credible. She's got that street cred. She was on Forbes and Entrepreneur and she was on the Today Show and Good Morning America. That must mean she's good. Even if the other person that they're debating on who they're going to work with, you or somebody else that's your competitor, even if the other person is just as good as you, if that person doesn't have any credibility or any authority in the space, they're going to choose you. It doesn't matter. You guys could charge the exact same amount of money. You could get the exact same results. The other person could even be better. But if you have that authority and you have that credibility from trusted sources and you have that recognition from trusted brands like mainstream media outlets, right. the competition is always going to choose you. It's just how we think. I, I like to, um, whenever I talk to women, I, um, I use the Allure, um, you know, the Allure Beauty Awards, Best of Beauty, that little yes. red stamp that they yes. put on makeup or skincare. Okay. Yes. That stupid little red stamp. I, that's how I buy things. I don't even try that. I just, if I, I love it. that little red stamp, that could mean nothing. The little red right. stamp, they could pay for that little red stamp. Okay. The company could, I don't know. I don't care. To me, it means that Allure said that this product is good, put its little stamp on it. And that means that I'm going to buy that concealer and not the other one. It's so Allure true. Said that it's good. That's what media does for you. I mean, that's one of the many things. But mm -hmm. at Super Connector Media, we're, our tagline is PR done differently. And there's a couple of things that we focus on that are different from any other PR agency. And, and the number one, well, there's two top ones. And I would say they are leverage and amplification because 20% of the value of the actual media hit is the media hit. 80% of the value is what you do with it afterwards. Right. What do you do with that hit? How do you leverage it? How do you amplify it? How do you get it in front of the most eyeballs? How do you use it to tell a story? How do you use it to change the um, what people are saying about you? How do you use it to give you more credibility? How do you use it to gain more recognition? How do you use it to get more media? So you could be in Forbes and that's great. And some people might be flipping through the magazine and they might see it and they might hire you because of it. That's amazing. But really the key is taking that Forbes article and leveraging the shit out of it so that anytime anybody looks you up, they know that you were featured in Forbes. And that means that they know that you know what you you're doing. So mm -hmm. how do you create content with it? How do you use it on your website? How do you use it to tell a story on Instagram? How do you use it to follow up with sales conversations? Um, that is the key to media. And we always say advertising is what you pay for. Publicity is what you pray for because publicity is free. You don't have to pay for it. It's earned media. People want you to be on their show podcast is a form of publicity, right? Like we're having this amazing conversation and what's that going to do? It's going to give me um, a really great uh, little uh, ding on my Google search. If you Google search me, you'll see all the podcasts that I was on. And what does that do? That really make, it improves your SEO in a big way because yeah. when someone Googles you, they're going to see, oh, Jen Gottlieb on this podcast and this podcast and, and just keep going and going and going. She clearly knows what she's doing. 
right? Or somebody, or I could take, you know, the footage of this and I could put it on my Instagram and then tag you guys. And people will say, oh, I love them, Whiskey Water. That's my favorite podcast. I didn't know Jen Gottlieb was on that. That's so cool. I immediately like Jen Gottlieb. Right. So it all works together. Um, but I would say that PR is really like the magical fairy dust that you sprinkle on top of your marketing efforts to make people pick you. Mm, so good. Not us <laughs> about to go get verified and get some interviews done after this call. Yeah, we're definitely Sla- been slacking. Yeah, we're in slacking the PR. in that department. So I feel like we needed that pep talk to understand really how important it is. Because yeah. I mean, I feel like it, it is something that just trickles down into the rest of your business and your efforts and across all your platforms. So yeah. I'll give you a cool example if you want one. Like yes, this please. Just happened. Okay. Literally just happened. So the difference between social media marketing and PR and how they work together. So I did an mm-hmm. Instagram live, I think it was like last week or two weeks ago about how to connect in real life events again, like how to network when we're okay. kind of out of practice because we've been inside for a while. And I was like, that's a cute topic for Instagram. I just did my live event. We had it in New York City. Everybody was connecting for the first time. Great topic. Did an Instagram live. It got some engagement. No one really shared it. No one really asked me about it. It was an Instagram live. Awesome. I was like, you know, I really like this content though. I'm going to take this content and I'm going to transcribe it and I'm going to have my PR team pitch it to a relationship that I have at Forbes. I'm going to see if I can get this made into an article. Okay. So an Instagram live turned into a Forbes article, exact same content saying the same thing verbatim, word for word, because the content said Forbes on the top. And I was able to put a really pretty image on my Instagram that said Forbes. And I was able to go and talk about it saying I was featured in Forbes. Suddenly I got over a hundred shares on Instagram stories from that Forbes article. I had like six ex-boyfriends come out of the woodwork, calling me, messaging me. I was in Forbes. My parents texted me. I'm so proud of you. You're so great. I was like, mom, I've talked about this already. No one cared. Everyone from my team was sharing it. And they were so proud of me just because it said Forbes. Then I went to a live event this last weekend. It's um, this mastermind that I'm in with a lot of really, really high powered entrepreneurs. And because I was just featured, had that Forbes article come out, I was able to make so many relationships because it was a great conversation starter. People kept coming up to me. I saw you in Forbes. Oh, my friend, Randy shared your Forbes article. I didn't know you knew Randy. How do you know Randy? Great conversation connection tool. Yeah. Same content, you guys. Same content. That's nuts. It makes sense though. Wow. And that's, and that's, what was that? So, and then also if we want to talk money, I got a lot of leads from that as well. People that want to work with us. Absolutely. And even to kind of tie it back to the credibility thing you said, like, it's not just credibility for like people as well. It's, it's credibility for like brands, because I know that like, if I, you know, am trying to choose between two brands, I'm going with the one that has more publicity because it's has to be better. You know what I mean? And it's just a subconscious thing, but like, you know, you see something more and more times, it has more credibility. You know, if you've seen it, you know, your favorite people using it, or you've seen an article about it or whatever it may be. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And talk about leveraging, like, wow, that's, that's so good. I'm feeling, what is the power? I mean, no, I already know the answer to this question. I was going to ask about transcriptions, but we should be transcribing everything. <laughs> Yeah, we should. I'm realizing, yeah, I'm realizing more and more that SEO is so important. Mm-hmm. So thank you for the reminder. This, I'm, go ahead. I'm, I'm a little bit curious on how you kind of, I'm sure you get clients who, you know, approach you and they're like, you know, I'm really interested. I just don't know, you know, about the ROI. Yeah. Like this happens to us all the time. And I'm like, mm, not our job. 
to promise ROI. And, you know, it's hard to teach people like the value of something that doesn't have like a direct affiliate link, you know, because it's, you can't prove a direct ROI. And it's kind of like, you're dealing with like virality. It's like, yeah, you could potentially make a bunch of sales, but you know, it is, it's more of like a long, long term thing. It's about longevity. So I'm curious how you kind of, you know, deal with that in your industry. Yeah. So it is the number one question, but I mean, I have so many stories of how ROI happened in different ways for PR and it's, you can't ever guarantee. It's not like direct response marketing where we're like, you know, you know, you're going to put in a dollar and you're going to get $2 back. Mm -hmm. That's not how it works, but you do know. So we have someone that did our be on TV bootcamp. Her name's Nicole. And, you know, we taught her some ways to get in the media. She ended up getting an article that went viral. It literally went viral internationally. So this girl went from being in on food stamps, and this is not an exaggeration, she was on food stamps, to now making six figures per month. Six figures per month. She has, Netflix is wanting to- be signing up for Super Connect Media. (laughs) (laughs) She has a movie being written about her. She's been on hundreds of media outlets now. She's now verified on Instagram with 200,000 followers because she had one of her articles go viral. So that it, it is possible for that to happen. That's like- going viral, as you guys know, because you're, you know, really big in social media, that's not the as common thing. But if you think about it, many, it really depends what your goal is. Is your goal to get investors? Many of our clients want to raise funding. They want to raise capital. Many of our clients want to get really high level partnerships. Uh, Many of our clients want to, um, I mean, like write a book or be speakers on big stages. So what do you need for all those things or be verified on Instagram or Facebook? What do you need for all those things? Credibility and authority. You're not gonna be invited to a big stage to speak on or a huge podcast to be able to build your audience if you do not have a really nice, beautiful Google search of all mainstream media uh, credibility markers. You're just not. Um, And let's say someone's thinking about investing in your company or you're sending out a deck to get investors or um, raising capital. They're going to, the first thing they're going to do is say, okay, I'm going to Google and I'm going to see where this person has been. What have they done? Who's talking about them? How legitimate are they? So all of that adds up. It's the thing that you need. It's the overarching thing, the credibility and the authority for people to pick you to say, hey, you, or like we said, if they're deciding on who to hire or whose product to buy, whose are they going to choose? The one that has media or the one that doesn't have media? So that's where the ROI comes from. And you can also increase your ROI with the leverage and amplification of your media placements. Um, Amy Porterfield's a good friend of mine. She's an online marketing guru. She's one of the best in the world. And she's a, a client of ours also. And she took her Forbes article and she did something brilliant with it to get more email list signups. She was able to, you know, take a link and put a pop-up on it so that she incentivized her audience to share her Forbes article. She said, if you go to this specific link that I'm going to give you and you share it, I will give you, you know, an opportunity to win a prize, whatever. When they would go to that link, she installed a pop-up on that link that was her top of funnel to her quiz. So she was able to get hundreds of opt-ins because of her Forbes article, because people were going and sharing it. So there's all kinds of really cool, fun ways to be able to leverage and amplify your media, to get more credibility, more, uh, more opt-ins, more people, more eyeballs on you, all the things that essentially at the end of the day equal more money. Yeah, essentially it has to lead to sales. We're sold. Love it. Yeah, so good. I'm just going to like save that snippet and send it to any clients who ask us about ROI. Um, <laughs> so good. I do want to ask, only because I saw it in, in our notes for you, is that you kind of, I don't know how big this is in what you do now, but I, I saw a note that said you're helping people find satisfying and successful careers, which, mm-hmm. you know, to us, that's like, 
amazing. That's a gift. Like for to change, to be able to make that impact in someone's life and, you know, help them in that way is all, you know, we could ask for. So I, if you can just briefly for our audience, just give like a quick snippet of, of your advice to someone who isn't there yet, but is, is dying to be there with a satisfying and successful career. I love that. Yeah, that was a really amazing Goop article that was written by a dear friend of mine. And we, so Superconnector Media is actually secretly a personal development company. We use media as a gateway to help people reach their full potential. Because many, many people are sitting around right now, especially in this moment after this pandemic and everything that's going on, thinking, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing on this planet. I'm not Mm. doing what I love, or I'm not being seen the way that I need to be seen. I'm not making an impact the way that I need to make an impact. And many people are, I mean, believe it or not, I'm an introvert. I am very introverted. I never used to like talking about myself. I could be out and like on stage and performing and things like that. But really when it comes down to it, it's not my innate desire to go Mm. live on Facebook or to go to a party and talk to a million people. I would much rather sit home in my pajamas and not put makeup on and, and, you know, watch TV, just to be totally honest. But what we tell people is to remember a couple of things. Number one, self-promotion isn't gross. It's your responsibility. So if you've been given a gift of being able to help someone in some way, whether it is a product or a service that you offer or a gift that you have that you know helps people, it's not even a business yet. You just know that you're able to help people in this way. It is your responsibility to be as visible as possible or to help as many people as you can with that God-given gift. Right? And if you're not doing that, then you're not fulfilling your purpose and you're always going to feel this nagging desire to be doing that thing. So the way to do that, even when you're having all the imposter syndrome and I'm an introvert and I don't want to put myself out there and I'm talking about myself, I'm like marketing myself, don't think about you. Think about H-O-P-E. Help one person every day. If you can think about helping one person, not the whole world, just that one person that is sitting out there right now that really needs you and you could actually change their life with something that you know that you have a gift that you're special, that is something special to you that you're really good at or something that you can offer and you just focus on talking to that person, it won't be about you anymore. You won't be nervous. You won't have imposter syndrome because it's not about you. It's about talking to that person. It's about helping that girl on the other side of the computer or the other side of the TV or the other side of the phone or wherever she is. Maybe just even by you showing up as your authentic self, inspiring whoever it is that you're walking by to do the same. So help one person every day. And if you can just focus on that, you will slowly walk in the direction of the purpose that you are supposed to fulfill on this planet. So good. I love that. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's it's not being selfish. And our, our you know, our human nature is to want to be helpful and mm-hmm. help others in this world. So I love that so much because I do think a lot of people get, you know, ashamed or they get scared and they think, you know, they worry about people's judgment when they talk about themselves in certain ways or promote themselves. So I think that is such sound advice. Agreed. So good. We have two questions that we like to ask every guest to wrap up the discussion. So we'll go ahead and just hop right into those. The first being, what is, and I feel like you've already given us so many good quotes and pieces of advice, but what is the best piece of, of advice that you've ever received? When you care about yourself as much as you care what people think about you, you will change your life. I love that. Period. <laughs> Amen. I Period. love that. We care. We spend so much time so worried about what other people think. Yeah. 
It's crazy. Um, Okay. So our next question is, what is your best biz pro tip, which could be like anything from like a mindset hack to like an app that you really love or, you know, something that just kind of makes your day to day easier, more, more practical or tactical. Um, all right. I'm going to give you, this is my thing that I created. Um, and it's, it's called the badass list and it helps you combat imposter syndrome. So uh, the reason that we experience this feeling that we like to call imposter syndrome or like I'm a fraud or I'm not good enough or I shouldn't be doing that because they're going to find out that I really don't know what I'm talking about. It's only because we're spending way too much time looking at other people and comparing ourselves to them and thinking that they're better than us. But we forget how badass we are because we're so busy looking at everybody else. So what the badass list is, is basically making a list in your phone. So you always have it with you of all of the moments in your life when you were a badass. So these could be moments like running a marathon, starting a podcast, making your first sale, having a baby, you know, whatever, any moment in your life where you were like, man, I rocked that. That was great. Uh, Write those moments down. And then when you were experiencing imposter syndrome, I want you to take out that note and you're going to read those things out loud, but you're going to read them as if you were reading about somebody else, someone maybe that you're comparing yourself to on social media and then ask yourself, is this person worthy of doing the thing that I'm scared to do right now? You're always, always, 100% of the time going to say, no, this person's freaking awesome. And then remember that that person is you. So I, I use that. I love that. That's such, that's such sound advice. And I mean, I think everyone deals with imposter syndrome if they are stretching themselves to new limits. So that is so good. That might be like one of my best biz pro tips we've ever received. I to love be honest. that. I love that. Yeah, no, that that's really good. Because it's so easy for us to like, you know, forget our accomplishments, forget our accomplishments and look at someone else and be like, oh, yeah, they're deserving of that. Oh, yeah, they're capable of that. But as soon as it comes to ourselves, there's so many doubts, you know, yeah, that's so good. Thank you so much for your time and your knowledge, your wisdom. This has been such a good conversation. I'm so excited for our audience to listen to this. Um, Where can people follow you, follow your journey, keep up with everything that you have going on? So Instagram's a great place at Jen underscore Gottlieb, but we actually have a really dope bootcamp coming up. It's five days, five day bootcamp. It's called the be on TV bootcamp where we teach how to get on TV in five days. We've been doing this on this now 10 times. We've gotten thousands of people on television from this. You guys should probably, both of you should be joining and doing it too. It's super fun, super powerful. So if you are interested in joining, you can go to, you know what, DM me on Instagram, the word bootcamp, and I will send you the link where you can sign up. That's the best bet. Yes. That's so so good. Guys, make sure you check out everything Jen has going on. Amazing conversation. If you guys have enjoyed this, please take a screenshot, post it on your story. Let us know you're listening and that you love today's episode. And we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye, brothers. Bye, brothers.